Hi, everyone, and welcome to And That's My Two Cents podcast. I'm Catherine Tereski, and after my last episode, I wasn't exactly sure what I should ramble on about this time, and it was really stressing me out. So that's when I realized maybe that's what I should talk about. Maybe I should talk about stress since it's something that we all deal with. It's not unique to just me, so it likely will be relatable to all my listeners. And lately, the daily stress of life has been hitting me. The weather is nicer now, the pandemic restrictions have pretty much disappeared, so life is not getting back to normal, but back to some kind of busy new normal, I guess. And now all of these things that I started doing as a result of the pandemic because I had all that extra time, like this podcast, for example. And also with returning to the office for a couple days a week, I'm finding myself stretched pretty thin in trying to keep up with everything. I'm also a single parent, so I not only have full-time job, but I also have the house to take care of. Um, But with spring comes all of that spring cleanup and all of that yard work that you have to do that's adding into my already very busy days. So I'm finding it difficult to keep up. It's important to begin with mentioning that I'm not a doctor. I know I've said this already in other podcast but if this is the first podcast of mine that you're listening to I'm going to just mention I am not a doctor nor am I an expert on this subject but I have suffered from it and I have had to seek medical help with it so I just have that personal view and of course the power of the internet in my hands so I feel like this is something I can talk about. Anyhow stress is normal and everyone's going to experience it to some degree but the key thing here is not to let it take over and make you sick. Stress is the body natural response to situations that will allow you to adjust to those new experiences or some kind of change. And it triggers that fight or flight response in us, which we are all very familiar with. But stress can affect our bodies negatively. And I think that's what I really want to stress. I want to stress that stress causes our body, (laughs) affects our bodies negatively. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) the beauty of the English language. Anyhow, I want to also say like when it affects your body negatively, it can actually affect affect things such as your memory as well as your immune system, which can be quite serious, I'm sure, if your immune system is not functioning properly. And you have to make sure that it doesn't take over. I guess I should say, make sure that it's a short-term thing, not a long-term thing. So when we experience stress, we should go back to normal shortly after. And if we don't, and we end up in like a chronic stress state, then that's when it's going to become harmful to our health. And when I say health, I mean physical and mental health. I found a site on the internet called betterup.com and it has a good little article on the different types of stress and what you can do. So I'm going to pull some of that information from there for you. Now there's a lot of different factors that can cause stress in your life and everyone will react differently to maybe the same stressful situation because we are all very unique. So just because one person reacts a certain way in a certain situation doesn't mean that is how you're going to react in that situation. So something to just keep in mind. So I want to mention the three different areas or the three types or causes of stress that you can kind of categorize it into. And those are acute stress, episodic acute stress, and chronic stress. Now to explain those a little bit for you, acute stress is the reaction to a situation, but that's the short-term one. So such as that feeling maybe after you narrowly miss crashing your car, and then you feel that instant stress and panic situation, but it'll subside and it goes away shortly after. So that sort of thing. Now, episodic acute stress is when the stress is happening frequently. So some jobs can cause this because some jobs you feel like you're just putting out fires all day long. Now, I have a funny story here now that I just said that, that I... (laughs) 
I think I should share. So I had a job like this years ago and my son was little and he'd overheard me talking with his dad just about my day. And I never got into the details of what I was dealing with in front of him because I also don't want to stress him out. Um, But all he would hear me say is just, you know, I just put out fires all day long. He actually thought I was a firefighter and told one of his teachers that one day. So that's hilarious. I'm not a firefighter, but I laughed so hard when I heard that. He hears, hey, my mom puts out fires all day long she must be a firefighter anyhow people who work in these types of roles their bodies don't get that chance to return to that normal state between each crisis or stressful situation now chronic stress is when it really begins to affect your life it's almost like you're living in a state of crisis all the time and it never stops that's when it really starts affecting your health and well-being so I want to give you some signs or and symptoms I guess that are listed on this site um, for each of those types of stress. So for acute stress, you can have things like pupil dilation, your heart rate can increase, you can start perspiring, you can have very fast or heavy type of breathing, anxiety, of course, uh, emotional ups and downs, poor sleep, and trouble concentrating. Now some signs and symptoms of episodic acute stress are things like muscle tension, poor concentration, similar to acute, that feeling of being overwhelmed, and uncontrolled anxiety anger and irritability. It can even cause migraines as well as hypertension. Now some chronic stress signs and symptoms. On the site it's telling me that there's weight gain and yes that's me. total stress eater. It also talks about heightened levels of adrenaline and cortisol. It can cause insomnia, panic attacks, that feeling of being helpless, chronic headaches, and emotional fatigue. Okay, when it mentions weight gain, I know I just said that's me and that's 100% me. That said, I'm really surprised it doesn't mention weight loss because I know many people who lose weight when they're under a lot of stress. So for example, I've heard the term divorce diet diet. Basically, people who are going through a divorce end up losing a bunch of weight. Now for me, I was married twice and never did I ever get skinny as a result. I am a stress eater and so I never had that. Instead, I would pack on the pounds instead of losing the pounds. I also remember joking at work because I was in a stressful role and basically just saying like, if this job makes me fat, then I'm out of here because I knew that I was a stress eater and I was feeling that stress on the job job that I knew I was going to go home and probably binge eat or something like that. So I could see that behavior rearing its ugly head as I just typically resort to food to comfort me and to provide some kind of relief. But for me, I just got more stressed because I'd end up not being able to fit into my clothes anymore and packing on the pounds therefore stressed me out. So I'd eat even more and it was like this vicious circle for me. Anyhow, if stress is dealt with, then it's fine. But when you're not able to effectively deal with it, it can have harmful effects on your health and well-being. On the site, it lists six consequences of stress. So I want to go through these. One consequence is you could develop anxiety disorder. So anxiety is normal for everyone and it happens to everyone. So something like having, let's say, to get up in front of a crowd or get up in front of co-workers and do a presentation, that can make a lot of people anxious. And that's fine and that's okay because once you're finished, your presentation, your body can get back to normal. It's when it becomes a disorder, that's when you need to take action because it can then take over your life and start affecting your day-to-day living and your day-to-day functioning. And it's not just that short-term brief little moment
moment where you're feeling that anxiety. Another consequence they list is depression. And definitely chronic stress can cause depression. Another one is burnout. Now this one I know I have felt like I've been to the point of burnout before. But luckily I knew it was imminent. So I knew I had to do something. I had to take something off my plate. I had to do something to reset myself, remove myself from the situation. Or else I may get to a point of no return. And I couldn't have that. I couldn't have that for myself or for my family. To be really honest about this, there was a time where we were told to suck it up and to get over it and to deal with it and to move on, that sort of thing. And I was one of those who did that. I ran myself ragged and expected others to do the exact same thing. I never understood why people would take a day off as a mental health day. I would say maybe seven years ago, I realized that mental health days are a legit reason for someone to take time off. And I am all for it now. If ever you feel pushed to the limit or you feel like you're about to snap, you need to step back. Take that time for yourself. Take the time you need to care for yourself because without your health, then like what do you have? You've really got nothing. So having good health is definitely number one for you and for everyone around you. If you're unhealthy, well, quite frankly, life is no fun. And so it's very important to do that. You need a mental health day, you take a mental health day. Gone are the days where you just push through and push through until you can't take it anymore. Another consequence listed is digestive problems. Now, this is something I would have never thought of being caused by stress. It's saying that stress can cause irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disease, and ulcers. I knew it could cause ulcers, but I guess what I didn't really do is connect those dots on that and linking that towards a digestive problem. I just felt like, you know, ulcers was just stomach pains caused by stress, that sort of thing. It can actually result in digestive problems. So, learn something new there. Another consequence is developing heart disease. So, high blood Blood pressure from stress is definitely serious. Prolonged stress increases your adrenaline levels and your cortisol levels, which can therefore affect your heart. Now, the last one on the list here on the site says obesity and disorder eating. Okay, so I mentioned this already that I'm a stress eater, so it causes me to make poor choices on the food that I eat and can also make me binge eat. And, oh, aha! Here it is. It also mentions that some people eat less under stress and that it can cause malnourishment for them. So got it. Therefore, it can affect someone to not eat and someone to overeat, just as I thought. And neither of, of those are good for you, obviously. Therefore, trying to find ways to deal with that stress is very important. In my non-professional opinion here, if you're struggling with trying to manage your stress, uh, if at all possible, remove yourself from the situation whatever that may be. It could mean that you need to find a new job because if your job is chronically causing stress for you, then that is not good and you need to find a new career or a new job. Or it could mean getting a divorce if your marriage is causing this chronic stress, as terrible as that sounds. But the negative health effects it could have on you is real. And I believe that children are better off with divorced parents who are happy than being raised in a potentially destructive home with parents who are miserable. I mean, as difficult as divorce is on kids, they can be fairly resilient and I think staying in a bad relationship can harm them in a way of how they look at relationships and possibly maybe repeat or behave the same way because that is what they know and that is what they grew up around so in some ways or for some it might seem like that's normal. Anyhow I'm not your therapist here so that's all I'll say. So let me get back to some suggestions on ways to deal with stress. Of course 
course, you probably guessed it, but exercising is a way to deal with it. For me, I find I go crazy cleaning instead of doing aerobics or exercising, something like that. Mind you, cleaning is exercise in my mind anyways. But I find when I'm really upset or angry and stressed, I will just try to stay busy and to try and keep my mind off of it. And I do some of my best work when I'm like that, to be honest, like deep cleaning stuff, not just quick little dust and vacuum. Like I really deep clean when I'm upset and angry and stressed out. But I will also go for walks at times if the weather is nice, of course. And I find that definitely helps me as well. But I find it's temporary because once I'm back into that stressful situation, then I'm back to being stressed out. I'm pretty sure though, reducing the stress, even though it's temporary for me, is better than staying in that stressful state. So I will continue to take a walk if I feel like that's going to help me. Sometimes just that fresh air too is uh, a bit of a stress relief. Now, meditation is another super good stress reliever. Even if you are no good at it, like me, it still helps you to relax and just doing some of those breathing techniques and trying to calm your mind a little bit like that can't hurt. Now, if you are good at it, then you likely know that the benefits of this are fantastic. I'm going to keep trying this because until I get better at it, I think meditation is definitely something that is healthy for people who are stressed as well as people who aren't. I mean, I think it's something that we should all try to implement into our lives. I know, I know. Along with the 100,000 other things we're trying to implement into our lives, right? Fit the meditation in there too. But really, you need to try to. For some people, it's like life-changing. Now, if you feel like talking to someone would help you, then go and seek out some type of counseling or therapy. This definitely doesn't hurt as well uh, to try. And I have gone to a psychologist in the past for help and I absolutely love it. It's always really helped me. It's helped me through some really difficult times as a matter of fact. So I highly recommend it. Now, lastly, figuring out a really good work-life balance is another thing that can help. Finding ways to manage your time better and with the pandemic, I think many of us, including myself, had been working from home and really found out that way of having that extra time at home and not having to commute to and from work has really improved our home lives. I would never have known that because I was one of those employees who had to be at the office. I didn't think I could work from home. And I did have a hard time at first, but as time went on, I developed a really good workspace in my home and developed a really good routine. Now I really love working at home and I love this little bit of a hybrid schedule that I have going on right now. So I go into the office a couple days a week. I kind of alternate days and it's really allowed me to maintain some of that balance at home. So I'm super thankful. Now I know I said lastly, but there is one more suggestion on this website as I scroll down and it's saying to spend time in nature. And I believe this to be something that is very helpful. Not only is it helpful, it's free. So there's no excuse. If you can't afford the therapy or you can't afford whatever else it is that you want to do to try to relieve this stress, then hey, get out into nature. It can totally work wonders. But again, for me, when I go out into nature, it is a temporary fix, but nonetheless, it does work. I mean, the beauty of nature is something else, even if you don't want to go somewhere. Um, so for me, if I'm not in the mood and I don't feel like going anywhere and I'm really feeling overwhelmed, I will sometimes just go out onto my deck or out into the backyard and just sit there and just listen. I really don't do anything. I just sit back and I listen and I listen to the birds or the crickets. And oh my God, last year you could hear a lot of crickets here where I live. Those suckers were stupidly abundant, but listening to that and just getting that fresh air again and maybe some vitamin D from the sun, that sort of thing is really calming for me. So another good thing to try if you haven't tried it already. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There's more. Okay. I got to stop working on this tiny, tiny little Chromebook laptop of mine here, but <laughs> there's two more things, two more. So they also suggest 
get this, spending time with family and friends. <laughs> yeah. But what if your family stresses you out? Um, anyhow, just kidding, fam, if you're listening. Well, sort of, you know, you know me, small doses. And uh, I'm sure the feeling is mutual amongst my family. But anyhow, for many, going to visit your family or friends or going out with family or friends can definitely be helpful. Maintaining that social contact with other people, I think, is, is helpful for everybody. But if your family or your friends are the cause of your stress, then I would not suggest this tip. Now, that, again, is my non-professional opinion so you can completely ignore me if you want to on this one and the very last suggestion and I mean it this time is good sleep hygiene and so when I first read that I'm like what does that mean have a shower or a bath or something before you go to bed and make sure you're all nice and clean but that's not what it means so what it's referring to here is to make sure that your bedroom is conducive to good sleep so this is similar to what I had mentioned in my past episode on insomnia your bedroom should be comfortable and you should have a good bedtime routine, some type of bedtime schedule, that sort of thing, so that your space is a place where you feel relaxed and it's not like a stress-inducing space because the last thing you want is for your bedroom to be contributing to your stress. You want it to be the place that you can go that's calming and stress-relieving. Now, if you feel that you can't manage your stress, then just remember to go out and get help for that because it's very, very important that you find a way to manage that. And if you need professional help, don't be afraid to go out and seek it. I'll also put a couple links in my show notes for you with uh, some resources that are available, some books that you can buy that might help you with your stress. So check that out. So there you have it, my two cents on stress. So I hope you take something away from this episode that maybe you can implement. Join me next time and I'm going to be talking about harm reduction, what that means and what that is exactly. Hopefully I will have a special guest on with me that will be able to explain it much better than I can. But if I can't arrange that, then you will be stuck with me doing my best to help you understand it. Anyhow, thanks so much for listening and remember to download the episode. Bye.